This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Michelle Jones, minister, author, podcast host, teacher, and friend who contributes in tremendous ways to everyone she meets. Michelle's inspiration simply comes from God, who helps her to become an everyday leader who is changing the world. Start your personal growth journey today, where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives and become a leader that can change the world. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, Michelle Jones, I am so excited that you are my last and final guest in 2020. Girl, we have had a journey this year, and I so appreciate you coming on this tonight. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) You know, I have to give Danola Burton credit. (laughs) I always give people credit for the relationship in... If I wouldn't have said yes to Danola, I would have never met you. Right. (laughs) And so you hosted an event called a Sip and Sign last, oh gosh, it was in 2019? Yes. 2019. And because you're an author and you wanted to host and celebrate people and have this nice little community event. And so you said, Danola, come and bring your books and bring some people So Aisha Cargyle and I, excuse me, came and supported your event with Danola. And that was the first time that I met you. And somehow we just clicked and Joe came in and it was just a wonderful time that I didn't feel very good that day. And I almost said no, but I went and it has changed my life. And so I just want people to understand, first of all, when you're thinking about doing something and your gut tells you, man, just go do it. You never know what that relationship is going to turn into because man, you are one of those that I love and support and just celebrate. And I'm just so excited to share your story tonight. I am excited to be here. I mean, we 
Because that's how it was when um, you did your event in February. That was almost the exact same thing because I was going back and forth and then I had gotten into doing some things and I was a little tired and I said, well, I'll let this one go by. And then you sent me an email and you were like, I am personally inviting you. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, now I got to go. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? Because when you step into those things that you think, yeah, it really does. You take the right attitude and you move towards it. And it really can impact your life in so many ways. And I really want people to think about that. Because, you know, right now, especially with COVID, what we're dealing with, here it is, November, when we're recording this, right before Thanksgiving. And so when this show's released, we're going to finish off the year of 2020. Uh, in eight, nine, ten months, we've been suffering with quarantine and not feeling like we have any power to take back any control over our lives. But what you do have control over is the decisions and the attitudes you're going to take towards the day. And that's where right. our story began. And I, that's what I love about our relationship. Who would have thought that a, a meeting in 2019 would end up with a daily conversation? <laughs> I know. So why don't you tell people about what's going on in our world? Um, well, um, I guess... You, I guess I'm just going to tell them a little bit about me and a little bit about what we do. How about I, that? I think that's wonderful. Okay. Um, again, I'm Michelle Jones. I am an ordained minister. I am an Amazon bestselling author. I am a podcast host for Girls Talk Real Talk podcast. What else? I am a business and writing strategist. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I, I think that's it. <laughs> you're a mom, you're a daughter, you're an aunt, you're a grandmother. Um, I am all of that. And, and the, the joy right now is little August, my fourth grandchild. Mm -hmm. And he is, he's something special. And so I am the youngest of four. Um, I've got one brother and two sisters, um, born to two ministers, Reverend Cooper and Mar Evangelist Marva Bledsoe, and um, was raised in church, was raised with um, a love of reading and a love of writing, and used to sit back and watch my mom teach and, and would just be in awe and amazement with how much knowledge that she brought forth and she kind of shared that bug with me and, and, um, God gifted me not only to be able to teach, but also to write. And so I just recently released my fourth book and, um, actually it's the fourth book in four years. Amazing. Amazing. Four books in four years. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I love it. And in the last book, I had a little bit of a part in it. <laughs> I was so excited because you started writing this book during COVID and you actually wrote it and got it published and it's launched and it's on Amazon right now. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, it started out honestly as a Bible study, as a vacation Bible school lesson. 
Um, and the church that I was previously attending, I would write their vacation Bible school curriculum every year while I was working as the, I started off as the assistant um, director of their Sunday school and their Christian education. And then I moved into the director's position. And so while I held those two positions, I wrote their vacation Bible school to match the vision of the house, whatever the vision for that particular year was. And so one particular year, we were doing the 12 sons of Israel. Because uh, I'm a firm believer that you have to know where you've come from in order to know where you're going. Mm -hmm. And so we were teaching the children about the 12 sons, who they were, who their mothers were, um, their role that they played as their placement in the family, and the character that is attributed to each one of them in the book of Genesis. And um, ended up teaching unexpectedly the adult class. And I had been playing around with um, the wives. And I was playing around, studying them, um, had the TV on one night while I was writing down some notes. And the Desperate Housewives sitcom had come on, or it was a commercial that had come on for them. And I was like, you know, that's exactly what they are. They're desperate housewives of biblical proportions. <laughs> and that's how the name came about was from that. And me ending up teaching the three nights of vacation Bible school. And the second two nights, I introduced the topic to the adult class and it went over well, went over very well. And so from that, I just kept playing around with it. And um, I thought that I was just going to write some curriculum and put it out there for a Bible study for people just to read and, and to enjoy. But as I got into it, God started saying, no, we need all seven of the matriarchs in the book. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go back and pick up Hagar, um, Sarah, and Rebecca and began to write them and turned into a book and I think I drove you guys nuts. <laughs> no, because you know, the thing is, if you know your history, that's the thing about you, Michelle, is you really come to it with content and say, yeah, but because, and for all of those that have that friend uh, in our circles that say, uh-uh, why not? <laughs> that's you. But that's the kind of friends that you need around you because they always make you think deeper and ask those questions about, well, why was it like this at that time? And you go back and you start to understand maybe, you know, the same situations, but, but why the decisions were made. And so you can really take that context and understand how to make decisions for your life today. That's what I love about what you do. And you bring that to all of us. It, it's, it's really gives me an, an understanding. Um, I'm, I was that kid growing up that always asked why, but why, <laughs> but why? And they'd say something. I said, but why? Mm -hmm. And I would drive my mom nuts and she would never try to stop me from asking the questions. And when she got to the point where she would be like, well, Michelle, I have no more answers for you. That's, that's the extent of what I can give you. And it really created a thing in me in a 
understanding what the historical content was back in Bible days. And so the books that I write, even though I write business books as well as uh, nonfiction Christian related books, um, I always want to go back to the historical context because a lot of times we don't realize that what they dealt with back then is not much different than what we deal with now. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was different was the day and time and the people that were experiencing it. But as I got into the characters, the seven matriarchs of Genesis, I really began to see how there's really no difference between how the women acted in desperation in Bible days to how women act in desperation today, all for the sake of having children or having a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the biggest things that um, drew me to it, to drew me to looking at them and realizing that their personalities, we deal with these personalities on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You know, we have those people in our families that are in these either emotionally, mentally, or physically abusive relationships, and they won't leave. And we try to figure out why are you staying? Well, it was the same thing back then. It's because you end up developing an intimate relationship with barrenness. And until you deal with that relationship, you cannot walk away from whatever it is that is feeding some aspect of your um, self that you feel is missing, mm-hmm. is incomplete, or that you are lacking it. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, because you are a four-time author, <laughs> which I love to say that, what has surprised you about just writing? I mean, you're a journal, you journal, but what surprised you about publishing your work? Well, I have to be honest. Um, Melanie, when I first started, it was because my mother put a challenge out flippantly. I love challenges. Um, and I'm, I'm one of those people don't challenge me. Mm-hmm. I say, you challenge me and I'm going to do it. Just for the simple fact that you challenge me. Um, and at the time, I was working with some clients that um, were taking their hustle and making it into a legitimate business. And I found myself saying the same thing over and over and over again. Like if I recorded it, all I would need to do is push the button. (laughs) And, and so I heard my mother's voice in the back of my head saying, well, why don't you just write a book? And so that's what I did. And so that's kind of how it got started. And it was just taking the information that I already had and that I was already utilizing and putting it in a book form so that it would be available for other people to be able to utilize it. I live my life with one simple rule that God only gives to me for me to give away. And from that, I operate always from a full cup. So when I give it away, it's only because I'm giving you what is in my overflow. So after he gives it to me, I learn the lesson that I'm meant to learn. I take the tools and the skills and and all that I'm supposed to have from it. Then as he is pouring more into me, 
the overflow is what's left over. And so that's what um, I give out in the books is from the overflow. So whether it's from my business books that I write or whether it's from my, um, my Christian nonfiction books that I write, it's always information that I believe is allowing people to tap into the greatness that lies just beneath the surface and that they've always been looking for, but they haven't quite understood how to get it. Mm. And so that that's my motivation behind my writing. I'm, I'm always wanting to educate, to inspire, and to empower people to step into their greatness. Mm. And as I'm looking at that, it is an extension of, of my love of teaching. So if I'm not in front of you teaching the lesson to you, um, I'm going to give it to you in a book for you to be able to learn the same information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always say this, you're going to go, "Uh uh-huh, I know, but it is always right in front of us. Like the things that we know, it's right there and we should be teaching that because that's our sweet spot. That's our strength zone. That's what we should be writing about. And, and then, like you said, it fills our cup, and so that's the overflow. We should be giving that freely and adding value. Right. You know something, Melanie? I never really thought of it in the sense of adding value until I started participating in the morning Bible study. Mm, really? It was just something that I did. I didn't think about it um, adding value to anyone. It was just who I am, and it was something that I had a passion for doing and that it made me feel as if I was making my contribution to the world and that I was making the world a better place one reader at a time. Hmm. And see, what's interesting is the reason that it was started is because, and everybody that's been listening to this is going to say, oh, I know, I know. So the challenge from John Maxwell was to study Proverbs for 31 days. So October 1st, 2019, that's what I did. And I said publicly, I'm going to do this. Who wants to join me? And so I had a few people, a handful of people, and people have come and gone. Schedules have changed. COVID has made things crazy. But as we continued to build this, the consistency was, I said, Today was 416, day 416 that we've been doing a morning devotional. And you joined, gosh, when was it? In in March. In March, yeah. I was going to say it was, it's been pretty much through COVID. And the relationships that we have formed and what we've learned from each other, now going through so many different chapters of the Leadership Bible and then just a variety of Bibles, different formats, the Message Bible, the King James, the NIV, all of the things that we think we need to learn about, you are the one that's really inspired us to say, let's look at that a little bit differently. So I appreciate you for that because it's it's raised the entire level of engagement and how we show up and what we want to learn and study. It's made it really exciting. So you're a fabulous teacher, and I appreciate you so much for that. Thank you. It's, it, it is a love. Um, 
I was, I was, I think I shared with you guys that I was watching while I was participating in a webinar um, last night and the gentleman that closed out the webinar, um, one of the things that he said that resonated with me and that has stayed with me ever since, and he was talking about, they asked him a question of why has he stayed in business for as long as he has and why has he taken on the projects that he has taken on? And he said, because I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, that was like, he was screaming in my ears because I do what I do because I'm passionate about it. Um, the things that I'm not passionate about, I may start it and get whatever I'm supposed to get out of it and I'll walk away from it. But the things that I'm really, really passionate about, then I take the time to learn everything that I need to learn about it. And I allow it to bring joy into my life. And then the things that we're passionate about, we want to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. And you guys give me um, the freedom to be able to do that, to be able to share um, the historical background to what it is that we're reading. And inevitably, it always ties in with one of John Maxwell's breakout boxes. <laughs> And the 15 laws of growth, because we yes. say, which chapter is that most like? <laughs> right? I even find myself saying it. I'll be like, okay, Melanie, what chapter was that? <laughs> well, it's so fun because having a group of people that are going through something together, and I think especially through COVID, this has really given us purpose to say, okay, if I need to go back and learn something to apply it to our life, that's what we've been doing. And so... If you're listening and you haven't done that yet with the group, you should join us because it is so much fun. <laughs> and it's it is. 7.30 a.m. Eastern every single morning. And you can jump on Zoom and, and just pop on and study with us. And you'll learn a ton. <laughs> That's what I love. And it's, it's from different perspectives. Um, because uh, you have Nick that jumps in. You've got Glennis. um, Lindsay is starting, I think, to feel her her way through, and we hear from her, but it, it's an open discussion, and that's what I love. Well, I love being able to hear what other people have pulled from it and allowing that to spur a thought. But I have to say one of the one of my favorite mornings, and, and it wasn't even a morning that I was actually on. Um it was this past Sunday when you guys had, um, was it chapter seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. chapter seven, the marriage chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, we had the marriage chapter and we had lots of questions. And here's the thing. It's multi-generational. So it's not like we're all in the same stage of life. We have people that are in, well, I think we have had somebody in their late 20s all the way to 77 years old is the oldest person in this group. And so Zoom is possible for every generation. We have people from Canada and the United States, and we've had people from other countries. So it's it's just one of those things where you come as you are, and you just say, okay, I want to learn this chapter today, and we go chapter by chapter. And so as we were studying the marriage chapter, because we're in Corinthians, And so we were in Corinthians 7, and we had all these questions about, well, why is that like that? And so we had a debate, 
am hoping that Michelle would jump on. <laughs> and you didn't. <laughs> so so your text thread blew up because we said we have to know yes, more. It did. <laughs> oh my goodness. But you know, you had the information and you said, okay, look this up and I'll be with you tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, and it was one of those things to where um, I like research. Crazy as it sounds, I love doing research. And one of the things that it did is it it made me go back and really think about the chapter. You know, even if you've taught the chapter before and there are things that you were able to bring out, and it most of the time it sticks with me. But every so often I have to go back and look up a scripture or something like that. But it, it forced me to really pay attention to my audience and, and to, as I was going through and, and looking at the questions that you guys had posed and, and um, creating the study sheet that I had, had put in our chat, each one of you were speaking to me as I was writing and as I was thinking about what it was and it, created a scenario where I even heard Jerry asking a question, <laughs> you know, um, to make sure that that information is there because it's nothing worse than having a question that nobody can answer. Mm -hmm. And that leaves you feeling as if, okay, but if I can just get that information, then it'll be complete for me. And that was why I said, okay, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. We're going to get this together. We're going to get it out there, you know, and if it's beneficial to them, good. If it's something that we need to talk about further, that's fine too. We'll talk about it some more. But I wanted to at least put something out there that would answer some of the questions that you guys had and that would bring some sort of closure for that because it was almost like that cloud that's kind of hanging over your head and every so often a thought would come back to you. And so that was probably, for me, even though I wasn't there, that was one of my favorite ones because I got to hear you guys in a different way than if I was on the call with you. Mm -hmm. And it, it really is amazing because you think about, you know, the beliefs that you have when you start a project. So when you start a challenge, you're like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna do this because it's a, a day or it's, um, you know, you're going to lose weight, or you're going to eat healthy. But when you have a definite, you know, time, and you say, okay, I've, I've finished this challenge, and whatever inspires you to continue it, that's what I think is interesting, is your thirst for something greater. You want to gain something greater. So you continue to do that. So whatever that is, right, in COVID-19, you could start a challenge right now, the end of the year, as you're going to hear this, and say, if I haven't started something different, challenge yourself to do it for a day and then do it for another day and then do it 1% another day <laughs> and try to start that pattern so that you can become consistent because what I found is this consistency of 416 days has really brought so much clarity about what else I need to learn and what other things I have the capacity to do now because I've learned this. And so, and I thank you for that because without your passion towards this, I think, you know, we may have read through the chapters in a different, a different way, a different order, 
We know we did numbers. That was amazing. <laughs> that was actually amazing. That was. But understanding the history of it. And so I want to ask you just about beliefs, you know, not, not about religious or spiritual beliefs, but your core value belief. And when do you think, you know, when you were growing up and, and you've shared stories with us about all kinds of things, which is amazing in your life, when do you think your beliefs changed in your life to give you the power and the energy to show up with that passion? Um, it really started as a, as a little girl. Um, and I, I was a brat and I, I tell you guys that all the time. I was simply a brat. Um, but I was always encouraged to know that there was nothing that I could not do. There was nothing impossible. If, if there was something I wanted to do, all I had to do was start doing it. Um, the challenge really came in is when my mother moved back to her hometown in Illinois and I had to step into my purpose and I didn't have her here with me. I didn't, I didn't have her right there as my cheerleader because mm-hmm. um, my dad had already passed away. And so now my mom is moving three hours away and now I'm getting ready to step into the shoes that she used to fill. And that was when I realized that I was really passionate about my beliefs. I was passionate about teaching. I was passionate about making sure that people, when they left, um, they left with more knowledge than what they came in. And then I would challenge them. In the same way that my mom used to challenge us as we were growing up, I would challenge them, do something with what it is that you've learned, apply it to your life, share it with someone else, because it only remains with us when we do something with it. Mm-hmm. When we don't do anything with it, it, it leaves us. It's, it's like a memory and it won't come back until we have a, either a deja vu moment or someone says something that makes that thought come back around again. Mm-hmm. But I believe, um, I believe that the word of God is a living instrument. And as a living instrument, we have to make sure that we are taking the tools and the skills and the commandments that are in there and be able to correctly apply them to our lives so that we can live better lives. So I would say it had to have been in 2001. Mm-hmm. It was about 2001 when my mom moved. Wow. And, and, you know, that's really interesting because a lot of people, they may not have ever really thought about their beliefs and taking that power from someone you know we say we borrow somebody else's beliefs until they become our own Mm -hmm. and and I think that's true for all of us you know we get to a point where we say okay I have to own this but then we have to act on it not just know it but like you said we have to take that knowledge and we have to do something challenge ourselves, share it with someone have an application because when you just sit there in school and you hear hear something or 
a professor, or even an event, and you go to a great conference, 70 to 80% of that you, you miss. When you walk out of there, it's gone. And so you've got to learn to apply the things that you're learning because then that helps you absorb it, right? And, and then you be able, you're starting to create a space for other people to, that you're building confidence and you're building trust and you're building knowledge. And, and that energy gives you that passion, it really does. And as you were talking, I remember it, now this This was funny. It, it was funny. I guess I decided to laugh at it instead of to have my feelings hurt. Um, right before my mom left, uh, probably a couple of years before she moved to Illinois, I was invited to a friend's um, church. And I went. And normally I'm always at my home church on Sundays, but she had come visiting my church. So I felt, let me go visit her. And it was a small new startup. Um, they were meeting over at the Madam CJ Walker theater. And I kind of liked what was being said. So that Wednesday she had invited me over to Bible study. So I went, I got put out of the Bible study, Melanie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I got put out of the Bible study and I came home and I was still trying to make it make sense to me. And my mother saw that something was bothering me and she was like, well, what, what happened? What went on? And then she said, well, what did you do? And I was like, I really didn't do anything. And she said, well, well let's call um, at the time, my, our pastor was Bishop Hawkins. She said, well, let's call Bishop Hawkins, and you can tell me and him at the same time. And between the two of us and you, we should be able to make some sense out of it. And she could tell that it was really bothering me. And so in the midst of it, um, he's like, Michelle, what did you do? And I was like, why is everybody saying that? I'm not always doing something. <laughs> um, and I told him, I said, well, the one thing that I have always been taught is when you have learned something, when you have been taught something, no one can come along and unteach you. It, you just can't do that. Mm -hmm. And the things that they were saying in the Bible study, although it sounded good, it was not biblically correct. And I asked the question, I was like, well, that's your take on it, but let's read what the scripture says. And so when we read the scripture and I was like, I'm not getting from this scripture what you said. So can you explain to me how you came about that thought process? And um, he, he was somewhat taken aback because I, I had challenged him. Well, in our Bible studies, that's what we did. If we didn't agree with you, we voiced that we didn't agree, and then they would explain their position. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't able to explain his position. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to shut up. I'm not going to say anything. So he goes on, and he's teaching the Bible study, and then he does it again. And I'm sitting there, and I was like, I'm about to get put out. 
And so I, I tried my best, Melanie, when I tell you I tried my best not to say anything. But the more he was saying that, although it sounded good, it was not biblically sound. Mm-hmm. And I knew enough about the word of God to know that it was not biblically sound. And so I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, and I told him, I said, what you're saying sounds good. I said, but it's not biblically sound. He said, well, Michelle, we're going to have to ask you to leave. You're disrupting our Bible study. <laughs> and I said, you're going to put me out of the Bible study because I said it's not biblically sound. And he was like, yeah, because it's my Bible study and I can do that. I said, oh, okay. And I turned around and I looked at the people that was there and I said, and this is who you want for your pastor. <laughs> and I left. But my mom was like, well, Michelle, you shouldn't have said that last bit. That probably was not a good idea. But we had a whole discussion, and, and I took them to the scripture, and I told them what they had said. And and my mom said, well, you were 100% right. And my pastor said the same thing. And both of them said, but you probably could have handled it a little bit differently. But that was not my style at the time, so I just kind of put it out there but what that showed me is something my mom said to me later she said the same way you stood up for the word then you have to stand up for the word every day in your life mm-hmm. and and you can't compromise where the word of God is concerned and so that's how I live my life I, I don't compromise where the word of God is concerned do I always do everything right no I always make the right decisions? No. But where the word of God is concerned, I don't try to make it fit my situation. I take it at face value, and if it hits hard, I say, ouch, and I keep it moving. Mm -hmm. Well, and what do you think, you know, because a lot of people would say this, right? People that aren't of faith would say, yeah, 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 but there are some times when you just can't make those kinds of decisions. And what do you think, you know, in the 15 laws of growth, we talk about trade-offs, things Mm -hmm. that we have to trade off in our life. And so living as a person of faith your whole life and being influenced by that, and, and I'm in that same category, you know, we just have become who we are because of our faith. And and so trade-offs are really important because we think, well, we may not have made those choices, those same choices as other people. But I guess my question for you is, what do you feel like you've learned because you've made the trade-offs that you have? I've learned who I am. I've learned how to stand up for what I believe, even if nobody else is standing with me. And for someone who is the youngest of four kids and, you know, you did what you were told, um, there wasn't a question of whether I was going to follow the commands of the household of my mom and dad. You followed them whether you agreed with them or not. Um, In today's society, there's so many things that are pulling at us and there's so many things that are telling us you have to go with the flow. And my trade-offs is I stand firm on my beliefs. 
Um, if it means that I lose a friendship, if it means that people do not want to deal with me, then so be it. But I am building eternal wealth, not the physical wealth right now. And so even though I live comfortably, um, even though, you know, I make a living just like everybody else, I do not put myself in situations to where I have to compromise my belief. Mm -hmm. and, and that is what is most important to me in this season of my life. Now, when I was younger, I might try to see if I could swing it and make it work for me. And in most cases, it didn't. Um, but I can understand now some of the things that my mom and dad said to us when we were growing up. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the biggest lessons that she would say to us. And she would, and I would be like, well, so-and-so gets to do this. And she said, well, if they're going to jump off the roof, are you going to jump with them? You know, and I would look at her like, I don't even have a comeback for that. You know, but it, it taught me how to stand firm on what I believe. Um, my mom is like that now at 82. She stands very firm on her faith. Um, you may not agree with everything that she has to say, but she is a woman that when she speaks, she's like E.F. Hutton. People listen because she stands firm on what she believes and, and her integrity and her character and the way that she carries herself speaks to her faith as well. And so I see that and I try to mimic that in my own life and, and how it looks like for me. And I haven't always been here and I, I haven't always stood this firm. Um, it, it wasn't until I really discovered who I am and, and not only who I am, but whose I am. When I accepted that as being enough in my life, then it was easy for me to stand firm on my beliefs. And, and if people walk away, then they walk away. Um, and it just reevaluated for me and um, gave me a chance to look at things a little differently because people come into our lives for a moment, a season, and a lifetime. It's our responsibility to determine why they're there, learn the lesson that they were meant to teach us, and then upon their expiration date, let them walk away. No matter how hurtful it may be, but let them walk away because their time to spend with you has ceased to exist. And now it's time for someone else to fill that space to take you further in life than where that individual could take you. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, the foundations on which I stand on. But, you know, that's really hard. When you say that, I think about all the relationships that you have in your life. And it's really easy to look back and say, oh, you should have just let that go when it was. Because at the time, you think that's your world, right? That's your world. That's all you have to cling on to because you can't see anything different. And so one of the lessons that I think has been really important this year is, again, you know, from some of our mentors and leaders, that remind us to be able to see it first. And mm -hmm. so 
what you do is what you view. So if you can see something bigger, something greater through the pain, through, well, if I, if I get rid of this person in my life, or if I destroy this relationship because it's not doing me any good, or if I go in this different direction, you really have to be able to be clear with your vision so that you can step into that. Because so many times it's, okay, I'm going to make this decision, but I can't really see what the good outcome is. It could happen, right? And we don't stick to that consistently. And so a lot of us give up. We'll say, well, I tried it, but I just go back to what I learned before because it's comfortable, right? Well, it goes into the thing, and, and we've, we've talked about this, um, about existing in the comfort zone. Um, even God works in, we always say he works in mysterious ways, but they're really not mysterious if we just pay attention. Um, because if we don't move when God determines it's time for us to move, and he'll turn up the fire up under you to where what was once comfortable becomes uncomfortable to force you to move. And that's how sometimes relationships in my life have looked like. Um, because God created us to be in relationship with each other. He created us to interact, to be in relationship, and to learn from each other. So because that's the way that we have been created, a lot of times we want to hold on to those relationships because sometimes they become our anchors mm -hmm. and they become our safety pins. They, they become things to, that we need in our life to make us feel okay and to make us feel secure. And then something happens to where we have to walk away from that relationship and we're devastated and been there and done that. But one of the things that, that God has always shown me is pay attention to their exit strategy. Mm -hmm. Are they walking away loving you as they leave or are they walking away trying to destroy you as they leave? Mm -hmm. Pay attention to the exit strategy. Mm -hmm. Because anyone that is meant to travel with you for long periods of time or even is supposed to come back into your life at a later time, they are not going to walk away with destruction in their heart and on their mind where you're concerned. And so we have to take responsibility for the relationships that we allow to come into our lives. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes when we are in unhealthy places, we begin to have relationships with people that are unhealthy. But we don't know any better because that's the only type of relationship that we know how to have in that season. That's right. That's what we allow ourselves. Yes. You know, and, and I think one of the biggest lessons here is just the freedom, right, to know that the decision that you're making, it can be about you. And that's not selfish. That's making sure that you're taking care of your values so that you can fill your cup up. Because if you don't do that, you could have the opportunity to not fill your cup up and you can go, your life can start to go in a whole different direction. And so it, call it selfish, but it's really thinking of yourself first so that you can fill others up. Because if you can't do that and you're just constantly saying, well, I'll, I don't matter. I won't take care of my health or my finances or 
you know, the, the things that I need to be consistent in to just make sure that I'm okay. My mental health, right? Journaling, getting out your feelings, figuring out who you can talk to. If you don't do that for yourself, you're not good for anybody else. And You know, that was a lesson I had to learn. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that lesson. Um, God took me through a season of change. And I think it was, you go through these um, seasons in your life and you go through these stages. And I was at the precipice of walking and existing in my purpose full time. Um, like anybody else, we have a tendency to step into it when it's convenient and step out of it when it ain't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went through this season of change. And one of the biggest lessons that he taught me was the difference between selfishness and selflessness. Mm -hmm. Selfishness means that I put me first before anybody else. I take care of me. And after I'm taking care of, I take care of everybody else. That's that overflow mentality. Mm -hmm. I get filled up. And when I'm filled up then anything that's in the overflow, I give away. Selflessness means that I'm constantly operating from an empty cup mm-hmm. because I'm putting everyone before me and I get the leftovers. Mm-hmm. And God began to show me you cannot continue to live in that manner mm-hmm. because you are killing yourself. The best of who you are, you're giving it away on a regular basis. So what are you keeping for yourself? And in all that you give away, And of what I gave you, how much did you keep for yourself? Mm -hmm. How much did you feed your spirit? How much did you allow me to show you the vision that I have for your life? How much of that did you keep and how much did you give away? Mm -hmm. And I began to see exactly what he was saying because, you know, I was raised that being selfish is a bad thing. And God began to show me it's not the word it's the behavior. Mm-hmm. When you look and begin to take care of you first, then you have everything that you need to begin to do the work that I have called you to do. Mm-hmm. But we're taught from very young to share. Yes. Right. We're, t- we're taught in school that we have to, we have to study the things that we're not good in and we're taught to share first. And so what that sets us up for is really failure as an adult if we don't learn those things differently, if somebody doesn't challenge us. I I think somebody put it to me the the very first time, and I thought, well, that's so profound. But, you know, going to school and you think, well, you're trying to achieve A's because you want to get into the right school and you want to be able to be in the right, you know, the right classes and you want to be able to be challenged. But if you don't and you're getting C's and D's in subjects – those are the things that you're always taught. Well, you need to stay in study hall and you need to learn those and practice those. And what we learn as adults in leadership anyway, <laughs> where this is going, is you have to really focus and understand what your strengths are. If you live in that strength zone, as soon as you know what those are and compound those 1% a day, 37% greater effect in one year, that's a huge return on what your life can be. And it's just because you've changed kind of that focus and that attitude. But, you know, but everybody wants to challenge you and say, well, but you have to be complete. You have to have a balance. You should know all these things. 
And sometimes, you know, there's a lot of kids today that there's so much pressure put on them when they're going through mm -hmm. school because, well, you don't know enough and you're never going to get into the right college. And it goes into, I'm sorry, but chapter one, intentionality, and the gaps of comparing what we believe, again, putting our beliefs on other people, but what we believe to be true. And if we would just kind of chill out for a minute <laughs> right, and say, you know what, this is my journey, but letting other people be who they are and meeting them where they are is sometimes the bigger lesson. It is, but sometimes it's, it, sometimes it forces other people to recognize that there's something lacking in themselves. And so that was one of the challenges that I had, um, being the youngest of four kids and, um, having parents that are very well known, there was always the challenge of my identity. I was always Daryl's little sister. I was Robin and Cynthia's little sister. I was Cooper's baby girl. I was Marva's daughter. And there was being my dad's baby girl and my mother's daughter. Those were large shoes to fill. And within the organization that our church belonged to, they were very well known um, and called on quite often whether my mom was singing or preaching or my dad was preaching, it didn't matter. Um, so when you grow up in that type of environment, there's so many expectations that are put upon you that are you going to be like your dad or are you going to be like your mom? Or are you going to continue on the, in the ministry? Are you going to continue the family tradition or, you know, all of these expectations put on you at such a young age that a lot of times, and, and I found myself one of the, in that category, you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are outside of the expectations that other people have placed upon you. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself constantly trying to meet expectations of other people and never really tapping into who you are. Mm -hmm. And so being that little girl in school and being that middle and high school student, I didn't know who I was. I knew who I was as it related to being an, an honor roll student and being um, a part of a family and being a part of a community and being part of a church. But outside of that, I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. And so as people were telling me, well, this is what you ought to do and that is what you ought to do and you need to do this, I was trying to do all of those things that I thought people expected me to do and expected me to be. And it wasn't until I had my own personal experience with God that I began to understand that none of that is important. And I think as we are dealing with our pandemic and the total breakdown of every system that has ever gone on in the United States. Um, and now we're having to rebuild these systems to look like what we need it to look like because of the state in which America is in right now. It is forcing us to reevaluate even that aspect of things. Because I find myself with my granddaughter having conversations about what do you want to be when you grow up? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm looking at her like, what do you mean you don't know? Well, my mom told me I was going to be a doctor all 
all the time I was growing up and I really don't want to be a doctor and I've never really given it any thought. And so now she's on a journey to try to determine what did she want to do with the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. And so it, it moves away from being told everything that we're supposed to be and do to now trying to figure it out because the systems that are in place before are not in place anymore. And so how, how do you make that make sense? Mm -hmm. How do you determine who you are in a world that no longer looks like what it looked like nine months ago? Mm -hmm. And so those are the type of things that are creating the conversations that are going on now. Those are the type of things that create individuals to have to choose if they're going to, what they're going to believe in and what they're going to stand for. Mm -hmm. And it, and even in that, make them begin to realize that I, I always need to provide self-care. I always have to take care of me first because if I don't, then I'm not going to be here very much longer. And if I leave off the scene and I haven't lived out the purpose, if I haven't carried out the vision, then I'm leaving people that have been assigned to me spiritually bereft and God is going to have to raise up someone else to step into that void and to give them what they need because I failed to take care of the temple that God gave me. So true. You know, we just have to be strong and I hope people that are listening tonight can really take away that it starts with us. Yes. Right. It really starts with us. And to remove those barriers, those things that you think are what they think you they are. <laughs> like, stop that. Go back to the drawing board and say, if I could create the environment that I want, if I could create a supportive environment that fed me, that fed my soul every day, that could give me the energy and the confidence to do the things that I love. And maybe you don't even know what those are yet because you've been so come find with all your thoughts of you can't do anything and you're failing and that that you're not worth it that's the thing you are worth it because yes. what I've learned is all of my life that God designed us for a purpose mm -hmm. and it is our purpose to step into that potential and we've got to find it and so if you're sitting on the edge of your seat right now and you're listening and you're like man this has been awesome. I want to A, invite you to join our Bible study. Come on Zoom. Go to everydayleaders.com, everydayleaders.com, <laughs> and go to the devotional. There's a Zoom link, and if you don't know how to use Zoom, then you've been dead in 2020. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> and, uh, and we would love to have you join us because, my goodness, this journey has been so much fun. So if you need spiritual, um, just if you need a little boost, join us. We would love to have you learn with us. And if there's anything else that you need, if you're in, in the process of writing a book, Michelle, you haven't even told us about that, but you are putting some things together to help people start writing and classes to help them become authors. And so I want to have you back. I want you to come on the Everyday Leaders Live and do some workshops as you start putting your programs together because 
you're just not a spiritual teacher. You're from the heart, girl. You, everything that you do, it just oozes out of you to add value to people. And, and that's why I love you. And that's why I celebrate you as an everyday leader. Thank you. It, it's, I want to say something to what you said um, a, a minute ago. Um, for those individuals that are thinking, man, I, I can't do what she does, or I can't, I'm nowhere where she's at. And I didn't wake up one morning this way. <laughs> this was work. And, and it was making the decision that I was going to take control of my destiny instead of leaving it out there to happen at will. And when I made that decision, it wasn't an easy decision because I had to walk it out. You can't just make a decision and, and things, poof, things start happening. You have to then begin to walk it out so that you are creating that environment that you want to have around you. And you have to begin to visualize what it is that you want so that you can have it manifest itself into your reality. And then sometimes it requires us to speak affirmations to ourselves. It sometimes requires us to love on ourselves in a way that we may not have loved on ourselves before. Um, I don't want anyone to think that, man, she has it all together. Trust me, there are some mornings when I get up and I'm like, I'm not doing this today. I don't feel like it. And as soon as I say it, I'm like, who are you kidding, girl? Get your whole life together. And and you step into where you need to step into. Every day is not going to always be a good day. And every day is not going to always be a day that you feel like you, you're having to be on. But if you love yourself through all of that, then it becomes easier every day for you to step into the greatness that already lies within you. Because like Melanie said, each one of us was created on purpose for a purpose. And it is our responsibility to figure out what that purpose is and begin to walk it out in our lives. That is key to living your best life now and to be able to experience the best that life has to offer. You have to start with you. And if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? Amen, sister. Michelle, where can people find you? Um, um, you can always find me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, my Facebook is MZ is in zebra, Michelle P. Jones. That's Michelle with two L's and an I. Um, and the same thing on Instagram, it's Michelle and my middle name, Farisa, P-H-A-R-E-S-A, -E um, is the Instagram. Or you can put in girls talk, real talk, girls with a Z talk, real talk. And my podcast will pop up in Google, Yahoo, Bing, any of them that you decide to look up. And you can always find me that way. Um, so, or you can come six o'clock on Wednesday, Easter or Thursday on Easter standard time, six o'clock on the girls with a Z talk 2018 Facebook page, and we will be on live on Thursdays doing podcasts with various guests. 
fantastic. You heard it here. I hope you had your journals. If you didn't, go back and replay this because there's a lot of great stuff in here. <laughs> Michelle, my friend, I thank you so much for being in my life. Thank you, Danola, for the opportunity to invite us to join together because this was really awesome and it changed my life. And I just want to encourage people to step out into your greatness and do things that you know that you need to do. Do those things because they change your life. So Michelle Jones, I love you, girl. I thank you so much for just walking the walk and helping us all to be everyday leaders that are changing the world. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a Joe Studios production.